welcome to the first episode of LitPod, an English literature podcast brought to you by the coronavirus. Unfortunately, we can't meet indoors, which means no poetry reading, so hopefully this is going to be the next best thing. This podcast will share your work with an even bigger audience. If you want to submit your work, then do it as a text document or an audio file and send it over to litpodcardiff at gmail.com. That's litpodcardiff at gmail.com. As well as student writing and poetry, we're hoping to invite some guests on, but obviously we can't do that. So now I am your host, Aronwy Withers, and I'm working with my lovely housemate, Matthew White. Hi guys, uh, yeah, this is Matthew here. Um, see, I'm not really much of an English lit kind of guy. I actually do physics myself, but I'm very much interested in poems and stories and the creative side of things. Uh, for example, I actually do a bit of D&D on the side. I both play games and I run my own campaign, which I'm sure you all kind of know involves a lot of creative flows and juices, especially when it comes to world building and as well as coming up with just like little stories and side quests for my party to do. Um, before we like really get into this, I just want to ask, why lit pod? Is, is that is that like, is it meant to be like literature podcast or is it like 420 blaze it? Uh, we're going to be, we're, yeah, so we're going to be like, do you want me to go, you know, roll off spliff now, or um, is that later? Actually, or have I got the wrong idea here? Not quite yet. It is three p.m. I don't know. I, I mean, we should probably wait till four twenty. So. All right, guys. So depending on how long this podcast <laughs> take, then it may take a sudden dive in about an hour and twenty minutes. Yeah, we'll we'll just slow down dramatically. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, lip pod. I just came up with it on the spot. Um, it's a bit cringy now that I think about it. So. But this is it. We're condemned to this name forever now, so I'm very sorry. I mean, it gets people interested, I guess, so... Does ah, it? Ah, Litpod. <laughs> yeah, well, think about all of those potential, like, stoners that we're going to bring in, because they're, they, right. they, they're going to think it's some, like, Snoop Dogg podcast, They're going to be know. very disappointed. Actually, we will be throwing some rhymes, so maybe they won't be that. We're going to drop some sick bars. Sick bars. Anyway, yeah, so Matt is helping me drop said sick bars. Um, and that leads us well into the reoccurring segment, which is Fortnightly Poem, which isn't a great name. I hope we can think of a better name for the Fortnightly Poem. I mean, yeah, we, we can give it a go. Within the next, uh, I don't know, fortnight, uh, we might come up with something a bit better. Yeah, or you can hit up the English Lit Instagram with your suggested names. I'll throw a post up there and we can have some ideas going. Um, but yeah. This is a poem that I think sums up the fortnight that has just passed. So seeing as autumn has just begun, we have Two Autumn by John Keats. Um, he's not going to be reading it because he did die 300 years ago. So Matt and I will be reading it instead. Just the first stanza here. Seasons of mist and mellow fruitlessness. Close bosom friend of the maturing sun. Conspiring with him how to load and bless. With fruit, the vines that round the thatch eyes run. To bend with apples the moss cottage trees, and fill all fruit with ripeness to the core. To swell the gourd and plump the hazel shells with sweet kernel, to set budding more. And still more, later flowers for the bees, until they think warm days will never cease. For summer has o'er brimmed their clammy shells. I thought that would be a good drop kick into autumn, what do you think? I mean, yes, yeah, it's, it's a good idea. You know, gourds, pumpkins. Uh, we also have kernels. 
like popcorn. Is yep. that a thing in Halloween? Well, I feel like popcorn's quite a Halloweeny snack. Yeah, I guess so. It's kind of a golden colour and then it goes white, which is like how autumn goes into Christmas. That's quite poetic. That was it? far too poetic for me. <laughs> kind of want to cry now. But yeah, no, I, I, I see your point. Yeah. Um, right, we'll get started with the first submission then, which is from Yan Wee Po. Um, and it's called What is a Poem? which is quite introspective. And I thought this would be a good one to start off with because do any of us know what a poem is? Do you know? You're really asking the wrong kind of guy <laughs> here. Like, for me, a poem could be, like, anything between, I don't know, five words on a piece of paper um, to a ten-page, like, essay. Well, it, it do arguing, be like that. Arguing that it's a poem. Or it could just be a little sketch with a couple of words on it on a, like, bubblegum wrapper. With a drawing. Yeah, with a drawing. Why yes. not? That's quite a nice idea, actually. You just do some poetry on some rubbish and throw it into the street. Yeah, not that I condone. I don't condone throwing rubbish into the street. Don't do that. Um. Yeah, no, we, we, <laughs> we, we, we're not here, you know, to condone littering. Please recycle all of your recyclable rubbish um, and make sure everything ends up in the correct bins. Yes, uh, don't recycle your poetry. But don't throw it into the street. Or do recycle your poetry. Or do. Maybe there's a, like a metaphor there. Yeah. Or like, is the metaphor recycling poetry and giving it to everyone else around you? You're not just keeping it to yourself. Yeah. Well, ideas are recycled, aren't they? Yeah. Every single day. Anyway, here it is. What is a poem? A poem is just words. Just a jumble of words put together. And us, as humans, asking... What is the meaning behind that sentence? A poem to a normal man is just another short essay. Cyan is cyan. And when a character says he is okay, well, then he is okay. But a poem is so much more than that. A poem is feelings. It is the emotions that we humans possess. A poem is joy. It describes how we feel when we put on that pretty dress. A poem is love. It is how our heart skips a beat when we gaze across the room and meet the eyes of a woman as pure as a dove. A poem is sadness. It describes the pain of heartache, the sorrow with each goodbye, and each tear that falls on our cheek when we cry. But at the end of the day, a poem is much more than that. A poem binds us as people together. A poem is unity. It shares the struggles that we face, and also the successes and accomplishments we achieve. But enough of this rambling of mine. Let's enjoy a good old cup of tea. <laughs> I love the ending of that one. I think it's really good. I think, especially with the, you know, the whole climate that we're going through at the moment with, you know, coronavirus and going into a lockdown again, like the day after this recording, actually, I think it really adds in that whole British sentiment of, sentiment of everything's going to be okay. Everything's fine. Just sit down, relax, put the kettle on and have a nice cup of tea. Continuous cup of tea for two weeks. I... <laughs> That sounds like British heaven. That's pretty much it. Yeah, that's. I feel that's what we're all going to need. I mean, yeah. You could have a, a different cup of tea for every day. Ooh, that'd be good. What's your favourite cup of tea? I think green tea, but green? I do like Rui bars. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, what, what kind of green tea? Just plain or like with honey? I don't know. I don't want to choose favourites, but I think lemon or matcha green tea is my, yeah, my go-to. Yeah, that's good. That's good shout. Lemon wakes you up, so... Not in the evenings. No, only in the mornings. Only in the mornings. See, I have coffee in the mornings. <laughs> I have coffee in the morning, <coughs> but sometimes coffee gives me... This is too much information now. 
Anyway, my favourite cup of tea is um, Lapsung, for anybody that's interested. It's quite nice and smoky. It's a smoky one. It smells like bacon. It's really good. I recommend to any of our listeners, um, if we do have any, uh, to definitely try Lapsung tea. Uh, Yeah, so there's tea. Um, And this is is not tea. Not a gossip section, I swear. (laughs) This is the tea. Um, This is a story by one of my friends, Marcus. Marcus Yateman Crouch. Um, if you like The Witcher, as I know you do, Matt. Yeah, I, I, I love it. Um, the, the first book is amazing. The second and third one are a bit of a difficult read because for some reason he likes to make chapters like 60 pages long. <laughs> so I don't know if other people are like this. I don't know if you're like this, Ron, but I like to stop at a chapter. Yeah. It's like I finish a chapter and I'd be like, right, that'll be where I... But sometimes I just don't have the time to sit down and read 60 pages. Well, you don't... You, well... You can find a nice break anyway. Does he do those little line breaks? Kind of, but at the same time, it's not really the same. Yeah. I'm reading The Handmaid's Tale at the moment, and the chapters are like two pages long, which is excellent. So I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is a very witchery story by Marcus, um, with serious Geralt of Rivia vibes. Um, it's called Strange Delivery, so we'll, we'll start that off now. With a few final pats on the dry earth, the dude was done. The man sighed, leaning against his shovel and mopping his wrinkled brow. His back ached and his hands were stuck in a vice from gripping the shovel in the cold. Nevertheless, he allowed himself a thin smile. Last old man in the ground, finally. He enjoyed his work. The dawn was creeping over his small graveyard, the sun's rays tentatively (coughs) reaching towards the freshly covered pits. Keeper liked doing his grim business in the earliest hours when it was his alone to witness. Usually that gave him time to prepare the bodies throughout the day. The man he had just buried was the only one he had received that week, however. Thinking of this, and the measly amount he was paid for the unseen ceremony, he tutted, Need a good vore, that'll get me some coin. Keeper stewed on this as he returned the shovel to its place in the shed. His humble home sat directly next to the graveyard itself connected to a dilapidated church he had inherited with the job. He hadn't fixed it up just yet, but the nearby villagers didn't seem to mind. He got paid for putting bodies in the ground, and they stayed away, just how he liked it. The keeper stifled Leon and withdrew his pipe. He liked to sit in the yard once he'd finished a burial, ensure no dissatisfied spirits could try and escape. Not that any of them had. Yet. He liked to think that the restless ones, those that went too soon, found passage easier with his presence. They never seemed to complain. So, he persisted. The graveyard keeper watched the tendrils of smoke and wind lazily from his pipe into the brightening sky, now a canvas of pale blush and blue. It was nearing winter, frost beginning to appear on the sparse patches of grass that dotted his small patch of land. That'll bring in some more, he thought, with the grim optimism of one who found opportunity in death. His His contemplations were interrupted by the sound of hooves somewhere down the road. The keeper sat up and stared at whoever had come to interrupt his morning. A lone rider, sitting high in the saddle of a dogged-looking horse. The rider kept patting the beast's neck as if soothing it from some unseen worry. Then the graveyard keeper's eyes widened. There was a large, misshapen bundle that bounced heavily on the horse's rear. More curiously, it was wrapped tightly in messily-linked metal chains. As the rider neared, the keeper noticed drops of black blood dripping from the wrapped thing. 
In one swift movement, the man had dismounted, his hand whipping out to steady the precariously balanced bundle. Grunting, he turned and approached the still-sitting graveyard keeper. The rider stank, the odour more befitting the corpses the keeper put in the ground than a living being. His leathers had not been washed for days, for their... Oh, sorry. His leathers must not have been washed for days, for they, and indeed the rest of his grizzled body, were covered in dirt, grime, and blood. Resisting the urge to block his nose, the keeper offered a smile to the stranger. Before he could greet him, however, the man's gritty voice interrupted. You the graveyard keeper? A nod in response. The stranger's words were weighted, as if a bad end awaited any who podded his eye. Got a body for you. The keeper looked past the stranger at the chained body, now stable on the horse. Don't mean to pry, mister, but that don't look like no human body to me. The man turned, sparing the briefest of glances at the bundle before returning his intense gaze to the graveyard keeper with a tone of mild annoyance. That a problem? A shake of the head. Not at all, not at all. Silence threatened to fall. The stranger shuffled his feet impatiently. You one of them monster-hunting sorts, then? The keeper eventually prodded, conting a curt nod. What? You couldn't tell by all the blood and guts? A sense of humour? Strange, the keeper thought, gouging the man's sarcasm. Then, the stranger let out the smallest of chuckles. It would sound grating, but warm. Yes, I am. They call me Evo. The release of his name seemed to change the air around him. The graveyard keeper gave a smile of crooked teeth in return. Ah, so, not all those grim-faced, no-nonsense sorts. I'm Garrett, Mr. Evo. The pair clasped hands, one with, the, one with the dirt of the grave and the other with the blood of a beast, conversation now flowing with ease. It's more of a show. People don't tend to greet us with the same excitement as some shining knight. Well, people don't take much of a liking to my occupation either. No, they don't. Evo took a moment to survey the graveyard behind Garrett, the church and his small cabin off to the side. You clearly take some pride in your work. That's what I'm looking for. There's coin in it for you. How's that sound, Garrett? Graveyard Keeper smiled again, his chest puffing out at the mention of his duties. Finally, an admirer. Naturally, Mr. Evo. If you need a body burying, I'm your man. The monster hunter returned to his horse, patting its side once more, before grabbing hold of the large, chained bundle. He dumped it unceremoniously, the mass squelching and rattling as it landed in the churned mud of the path. Not burying, Garrett. The Tidus runs not far from here, right? Right, mister? You ought to dump this body in the river. Can you do that? Garrett squinted, observing the first heavy body on the ground, then the serious face of Evo, the monster hunter. Not often I'm paid to get rid of a monster hunter of his quarry. He scratched the greying beard, the glint of much-needed coin in his mind. Before Garrett could answer, Evo produced a small pouch of golden pieces, clinking enticingly as they were shown to him. By the size of the pouch, he judged its cold contents to be worth near triple what he was paid for a normal body. All right, Ivo. It's a peculiar request. I'll give you that, but I'll see it done. Garrett caught the hefty pouch in both hands, a grin forming on his face. Evo turned on his heel, not making any move to touch the body further. As he slipped one foot through a stirrup, the keeper called out. Don't you want to stay for tea, mister? Get yourself cleaned up. Evo shook his head, waving away the offer. No time, Garrett. But listen to me. The monster hunter's voice grew quiet, his eyes flicking to the shape shrouded in the mud. Under no circumstances are you to look at what's in there. Don't even move the chains. Understood. 
There was something in Hugo's voice, the professional tone he had worn on his arrival that once again suggested Garrett ask no further questions. The keeper's smile became unnerved. Sure, Mr. Evo, you're the expert. The monster hunter grunted his farewell before mounting the horse. Within minutes, he had disappeared back down the path, leaving Garrett alone with the body in the mud. Garrett reached down and took a firm grip on the body, grunting in surprise as he realised its true weight. The chains itself were a burden, but the limp form within the sack was solid and heavy as rock. It took him a few minutes of frustrated pulling to drag it from the mud path to the steep steps to the steep steps of his cabin. Didn't have to leave the chains on, did you, Ivo? The sky had turned a light shade of blue as morning arrived and the cold that gripped the farm in the early hours shrunk away from the unhindered sunlight. Garrett straightened himself, wincing at a knot in his back. He looked over the crumpled body in silence, only letting out short hums of thought as his gaze passed over any protrusions or oddities. We need an cart for you, mister. He decided. Garrett tutted, leaving his quarry to head, a- head around the house. Behind piles of tools, boxes, and a few empty, splintered caskets was a small handcart, untouched for months. With a relenting grunt, Garrett lifted the cart and began pulling it back to the front of the house, lurching haphazardly on the uneven soil. Don't see why it needs those chains on. It's going in the river anyway. His face scrunched up in thought as he reached the body. The monster hunter's words had been clear. Don't look at it. Don't even move the chains. Suppose I could just loosen them. Just a little. Garrett stroked his beard. The chains, slickened and soiled as they were by the mud, glinted whenever light caught them. The memory of Evo lingered at his shoulder, glaring. He quickly shook his head, walking up to the body with renewed confidence and hefting it in one swift motion onto his shoulder. After dumping it onto the cart, Garrett wiped his muddied hands on his tunic and procured his pipe once more. That'll do for now. Wait till nightfall so no one thinks I'm dumping some good folk's corpse. He nodded satisfied with his plan, and lit his pipe. Garrett snoozed in a chair, by the fire, till the sunset's glow began to seep through the windows and the cracks in the door. Best be off, he thought, easing himself up to find a pair of gloves. There was a rattle outside, the ghostly whisper of a wind scraping through metal. The graveyard keeper paused, listening intently. He edged towards the door, before throwing it open. The body remained where he had left it, and a pair of crows alighted from a nearby tree at the sudden commotion. Garrett's heart was beating fast. He tutted. Monster hunter comes by. Now you're all jittery. Willing any fantastical thoughts from his head, he laid a few pre-made torches on the cart and grasped its handles. The crows returned to the tree and watched him as he left. Oh, that is quite... Quite witchery, yeah. It's quite creepy. I'm, 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 I really want to find out, you know, what happens with Evo. Evo, Ivo. Sorry <laughs> if we got the pronunciation on that one wrong. Um, I did mess up his name, I think, but I'm not sure which one it is. I kind of like, I kind of like Evo. Uh, you know. Yeah, I was going for a West Country accent, which is a bit of a failure. But it that went all right. I, that I, did suggest Ivo. Ivo. Yeah, Ivo. I, I just tried to go for something a bit gritty. Yeah, I got that. Yeah? Yeah, could you hear the grittiness in, in, in the tone? Yeah. The the witcher kind of hmm. Hmm. Fuck. Because, <laughs> you know, that's all Geralt says in pretty much both the books and the series. That's all he needs to say, I think. Yeah, he's got that jawline. That's it. That's all you need. Henry Cavill. He can, he can hmm me. Okay, I'm going to stop there. Right, yeah. Let's not talk about <laughs> any more of, you know, 
Henry Cavill with his hmm and his fuck. <laughs> but yeah, no, that was that was. I do like that. Yeah, that was good. I liked that. I really want to find out more about Evo yeah. and like what his occupation is as you know anything other than a monster hunter. You know, is he like Geralt and refuses to admit his own emotions and says that he's an emotionless, you know, uh, walking well mutant? I guess it's like Evo been mutated or experimented on to make him stronger faster or is he just straight up a man who has the balls and you know just pure confidence in his own skill with a blade to go out there and hunt the world's most deadliest creatures maybe maybe it's maybe it's the latter maybe he is a mutant um i'll have to nag marcus for another submission for that one because i do want to know who is garrett and who is evo and will their paths collide again? Well, I, I, I get where you're coming from. Um, but personally, I very much feel like Garrett does not survive much longer. You don't, you think he's going to die? I think Garrett is like one of those characters, like like in Game of Thrones. <laughs> Who where, needs to die? Yeah, where they're just there to you know make a quick connection with and then they just get killed off. Yeah. Especially like with Witcher and like, spoiler alert, um, you may want to skip like 20 seconds, like with Renfrey. Because she becomes really important in the first couple of episodes. And then just dies. Uh, but I am attached to Garrett. Oh well. And I'm attached to Geralt. Well, not physically. No, I wish. Physically attached to Geralt. That's a dream come <laughs> true. Anyway, moving on. So that was quite a you know good piece for Halloween. Yeah. You know, um, nice really, and spoopy. Yeah, set the eerie mood. The kind of thing that we're very much hoping for it's just unfortunate we're all gonna have to be inside and won't be able to look at anyone's amazing costumes for this well, year let's be honest they're all gonna be on instagram anyway that is oh i see i don't know i think what a lot of people are gonna do is they're just gonna upload photos from last year and be like oh missing out on halloween this yeah. year big sad you know crying face emoji yada 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 my halloween costumes are always quite quite bad they're not good they're always like an afterthought See, I, I'm kind of tempted. Should we like do a Halloween thing here? I think so. I think that needs to happen. To be honest, you know, I've got a costume upstairs ready to go. I haven't, but I would like to see yours. Um, so I'll have to prepare something. I mean, I will be topless. I'll have just like a leather jacket on. Okay. For any of you ladies out there that are interested, um, I'm very alone. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, shall we move on uh, to the next piece then? Well, no, go on. What is the costume? Um, so it is from The Warriors, uh, which is a 1979 film um, about gangs in New York, and the gang it focuses on are called The Warriors. Uh, so I'm going to be wearing a Warriors jacket and jeans. And that That's it. I see. Is just there a, any kind of makeup or tattoos? No, it's just a red leather jacket with, oh, with the insignia. Leather. Yeah, with the insignia on the back. Nice, okay. Maybe we should all do kind of a gangster Al Pacino kind of mood then. Yeah, that's not... Well, Al Pacino's a bit too classy of a gangster. This is like... Well, maybe I'm a classy gangster. Well, I'm not classy, obviously. Okay. But I, I won't dispute that fact. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, remember when I said any ladies out there interested? Yeah, I'm not I'm not a classy individual. Don't worry. Yeah, there you go. Uh, we have Matt White. Not classy. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the Insta bio that's the tinder bio not very creative same bio for everything that's the linkedin bio <laughs> oh god damn no wonder i haven't been getting any jobs um 
well, you've got your job. Yeah, I work at Hollister, so I must be attractive. Uh, Matt White, not classy. Hollister, right in there. Yeah, there we go. That's what they want. So again, anyone, if please, I'm so alone, I want someone to curl up on the sofa with and watch scary movies. And read. This is the literature podcast. And read. Yes, read, definitely. Because I do a lot of reading. All the time. All the time. I definitely <laughs> have not got like 20 pages left of the third Witcher book and I just can't be bothered to finish it. <laughs> definitely don't. I've got, I've got my reading going this year. I think I'm in a good flow. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, I tried to read a 400 page book last week. It didn't... Don't tell Bill Bell. It didn't happen. Who's Bill Bell? My lecturer. That sounds like a quality name. Can we just talk about Bill Bell for the it's next Bill, 20 minutes? It's Bill Ronald Bell. How good is that? Oh my god! He could just like... Oh, there must be so much confusion if he signs off his emails with BRB. <laughs> BRB. And you're just looking you're at just, your inbox. Yeah, like... you're just waiting like... Come on. Come on, Bill Ben. It's been like 20 minutes. You said you'd be right back. Oh, that is savage. I mean, that's lecturers at this point with everything being it online. It is, though. I do just wait on my lecturers to send me messages because I'm not seeing anyone else, am I? I'm stuck in. I mean, yeah. She has to look at my beautiful face all the time. Uh, I try and avoid that at best. Yeah, I don't blame her, actually. I look in mirrors and they break. <laughs> I go into the kitchen and I keep my head down so I don't have to look at him. I just look at the dirty, grotty floor of the... She the says house. dirty and grotty, but the kitchen is cleaned, like, every other day. It doesn't help. It doesn't help that it's cleaned every day. No, I, I guess it doesn't. <laughs> anyway, right. So, we're, we're moving on to the last piece. Um, I'm very sorry. This is the last one. It's from Ren Levi. Um, and it's called Closeness. So, do we want to get going with this one? We will roll right on into it. Okay, Closeness. There once was a steel sheet, impenetrable and encompassing. I held it up, always. You could feel the cold all the way through, just wishing for a blaze. After many long, long years, a new mind took down the metal, and behind it there was ice, thick and deep and draining. Yet I could now know its surface was nice. Beyond it, past its core, the dense and solid chill, a strong but faded glow. Just the temperature of my hand would melt it. Pushing harder would heat it, but progress is slow, wishing for my hand to reach the other side. The frozen water makes me wary, that it could just give way. I continue breaking it, sometimes pushing hard, often not. When will I get through? I can't say. Yearning for that light, my digits are colder, and I slow and I tire. Proud of the ice I have pushed through, and terrified of the ice that is still left. I'm not sure I'll ever reach what I desire. Now it feels impossible. My hands are stiff again, only the texture I feel. The worry is, it's barely melted, continuing deep and dangerous to the keel. Smashing, chipping and screaming. I'm scared of not reaching the brightness. Even holding my own hands won't warm them, dreaming to break through just once. To remember the heat, drowning in the new water. Again, I become numb. There we go. Just let that sink in. Damn, that was... Uh... It's quite deep. Yeah. Well, it was deep and it was cold. A bit like the Atlantic, but that was Ren Levi. Um, with closeness. With closeness. Very uh, sombre piece. Um, yeah. 
somehow I feel the title and the and the piece itself kind of are in contrast there. But maybe that's the point to create that kind of juxtaposition. Yeah, maybe so. Also, uh, again, I don't do English lit, so if I use that word incorrectly, please do not at me. That is the correct word. Okay, thank God. They do that for us in English lit. They have like 20 words that mean the same thing. We've got just juxtaposition. Ju- ju- juxtaposition. juxtaposition. No, no, that's, that's when you're just like standing in a place. That's yeah, when you're juxtaposition. Juxtaposition. Idleness. No, we've got juxtaposition, contrast. Um, what's the other one? I've got two examples here. I said there were 20. Yeah, you're you're missing 18 of them. (laughs) Well, I know. Just grab a thesaurus. You'll know what I mean. It's it's so we can say the same thing over and over again in essays. And over and over and over again. Yeah. Which is repetition. There's another one. Alliteration, I suppose. Alliteration is the repetition. Yeah, it's repetition, though. There you go. See? You're learning something. Uh, you learn something new every day. Um, whether or not it's useful. And whether or not I really want to. <laughs> We've all learned something and we didn't want to know. Okay, now that... That sounds like a lot to unpack yeah. on a lit pod. So... Well, we do have one minute left, so what can we unpack? Nothing. Uh, yeah, well, I, I'd say that, that was a really good collection of pieces for the first episode. Hopefully we get some more for the next two weeks, so I'd you know i've had a great time being here um if anybody wants to hit up the you know cardiff lip pod um instagram it's there so that's lip pod cardiff isn't it no cardiff lip no no you're wrong he's wrong don't I'm listen wrong. to him there isn't a lip pod cardiff instagram i might make one if it gets popular enough but we are using the english lit society instagram right now for the time being until this lifts off so english lit society cardiff um, on Instagram for that one. Wonderful. Uh, and if anybody wants to know what I look like and gives me a follow, uh, that's Rhinos on Roids on Instagram. Um, I don't have a Twitter because who uses Twitter anymore? It's a plug. That is, yeah, self plug, guys, self plug. <laughs> uh, I need to expand my social outreach. So, yeah, that's my Insta. Nobody uses Twitter, and you've already got my name. Uh, yeah, so my name is Ronwe, and my Instagram is aronwe.jpeg if you want to see my face um and if you want to submit anything please do um we try and read everything on the air um so that's lippodcardiff at gmail for submissions um and thank you very much for listening and please keep writing and please keep reading do what you can that makes you happy in this upcoming lockdown whether that be writing reading watching movies eating. playing music eating oh, eating's a big one for me that is the just only one for me. do what you can to make sure that you're okay and that you're happy in this lockdown even if that means listening to this over and over again on a loop i mean I, i'll tell you what do that get this what are we releasing this on i think it's express radio oh, okay so this isn't going on like you know uh apple <laughs> The App Store, or like I mean, Spotify. Maybe it'll come to that. Maybe. I mean, I, I feel like that'd be a good idea because it then makes it, I think, more accessible, especially to students. Like, I have n- I've never heard of Express Radio. Wow, savage. I mean, I haven't. They're Isn't the ones the... helping us. Don't say that. They're the SU Radio. Oh, um, well, I have friends on the committee, so I think it will be okay. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> I think we should also maybe, you know, put this out on like Spotify or... Um, you know, Apple, 
I don't even know what it's called. The Apple app, the App yeah. Store. Apple or? is Spotify for posh people, I think. Like, I mean, you, I guess if you use Apple Music, then that means you've got a nice little iPhone. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. But yeah, so um, if you guys would prefer to listen to it on other platforms like yeah, Spotify or Apple, just let us know, and we'll uh, look yeah. into getting it sorted. Sort that one out. Anyway, bye bye for now. Have bye a great bye. Halloween. Um. Yep. Have a good wintry season so far, and keep an eye out for those those new season costumes. Bye bye.